Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you. Uh, 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Also streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. And you can find us at Podcast One, great landing spot for Minnesota podcasts. Brought to you in part by our sponsors, Ernie's on Gull and Experience in Dining on the Shores of Gull Lake. Open year-round at 11 with deck and patio seating. Also, uh, Whitefish Golf Course in Pequot Lakes, an experience that never disappoints. And uh, Mills Automotive Group, since 1922, celebrating 100 years serving the Lakes area. i got Chris Foley with me. Chris, uh, um, busier than heck again. This time of year, there's, uh, oh, there's, boy. No, there's no rest for the weary or the wicked, Chris. No, that is exactly right. And we're having, uh, we've had a, a few nice days of weather, ups and downs in the weather, but uh, boy, it's certainly nice to see the sun and people getting out to play. Your house come out okay on that 70 mile an hour night? You know, we were very fortunate. There was stu- some stuff around us and the, and the golf course came through well with just a few down trees, but uh, boy, you just feel for the people, you know, especially in Baxter who got uh, hit so hard. Yeah, boy, I don't, I don't know. We're becoming an awfully windy part of the country the last uh, five or ten years. It's uh, surprising. Yeah. Some great uh, yeah, tournaments, of course. The uh, U.S. Open last week, Chris, was a uh, uh, really, really good tournament down the stretch, and a, a bunch of young guns kind of going at it, which was fun. And uh, quite a few big names on the leaderboard when Sunday started. That was fun. Uh, U.S. Open really answered the bell and uh, and uh, put on a great tournament. Yeah, it w- it was an absolutely fantastic tournament. It was the f- the first time in re- recent recollection that uh, you know that the golf course really wasn't there was no controversy involved in it, and the golf course setup was fantastic and. Gosh, the the last uh, the last hour and a half of play were as exciting as as you'll see in in, in any major championship. Yeah, really true, man. Just down the stretch they came and some extraordinary <clears throat> extraordinary golf. And uh, uh, you had a couple guys that looked like they might win their first. You, maybe Scotty Scheffler is going to just continue on the unbelievable streak that he's been on. And uh, the golf course really was kind of the show pony, wasn't it, Chris? Yeah, the golf the golf course was fantastic, and uh, you know there there was some question going into it whether it was a you know a stern enough test, whether it was long enough, and you know it you know Matt Fitzpatrick wins it at six under par. That's that's a you know a great score for the U.S. Open. It's 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 right in the range where the USGA tends to like to see scores and. Um, you know the golf course played really hard without being just totally tricked up, so it was it was really fun to see. And the and the golf course is just it's such a cool layout. And Fitzpatrick, kind of good, to, I think, for the game to have somebody from across the pond win it. He's going to be an absolute hero back home, and uh, uh, he'll have the U.S. Open obviously forevermore. But uh, there might be more in that young guy's future. Well, I, I think that there definitely is. It's he yeah, he's just been kind of waiting for a breakout on the PGA Tour. He's, he, he's got eight wins in Europe. And, um, you know, he, he, he's a top, you know, 30 player in the game. He just hasn't had broke through yet in the U.S. And uh, he's, so, he's so diligent in his process. And, you know, in the last year he's picked up, um, gosh, he's picked up 15 or 20 yards off the tee and just 
he does everything well. His golf swing it really doesn't look like he can miss a shot. If he misses it, it's not going offline. It's um, yeah, I, th- I think one of the best uh, the best swings in the game right now. Commentators mentioned the the distance increase multiple multiple times over the weekend. Uh, really surprising to some of the competitors that Fitz was going by him. Yeah, he uh, you know he's he's really he's been very diligent about uh, some speed training stuff over the past uh, about two years and has steadily picked up uh, clubhead speed while maintaining you know, a great golf swing and that doesn't always happen. And, um, boy, it's, it's really proven out. He's, he, you know, he went from being an average length player to one of the, one of the longer ones. Yeah. And you were talking about breaking through the, his American counterpart who was right there with him, even to the 72nd hole, uh, Zalatoris, another guy who just seems like any minute he's going to knock down a major. You know, he has played so incredibly well in the last four majors, um, you know, I, I think I, I think he's got either a, a top five in all well top five in the last three majors and I think top ten out of the three of the last four. And uh, you know, everybody talks about his putting, which has been suspect, but you know, he he, he hasn't missed a putt inside of three feet all year on the PGA tour. And um, so while the stroke looks very tough, um He's he's putting awfully well. He, you know, he, he's, his his long putting is brilliant. His short putting's a little suspect, but you know, inside that three feet, he's he's doing really well. And he putted great all week. He was he was top ten uh, strokes game putting for the week. So, yeah, he did putt well. It was uh, <clears throat> just a couple, and they were showing his some of his warm ups on the green because they were talking about that being a bit of an issue with his history. But <clears throat> I think he was using. Uh, one of the products we've had on uh, Chris, the, he had the mirror on the on the ground and the tees set up around it to get that stroke evened up in that six to ten foot range, which seems to be his uh, his troubled spot. Yeah, I believe he was using that mirror from Eyeline Golf, our friend Sam Frogger. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, you bet. Then you get names up there, Chris uh, Morikawa's right there, Matsuyama's right there, uh, Scheffler had a putt on the seventy second hole, so. Uh, just like Zalatoris did, so uh, what a tournament, boy! Just right down to the wire. No, it's fantastic, and really, and uh, Rory McIlroy really had a chance to even, you know, the last four holes. Uh, if things would have gone, you know, the tides could have turned, and McIlroy played great. He just didn't quite, you know, quite finish it off. So uh, it was, it's awfully fun to see him in contention and. Uh, went in, you know, two weeks ago, and he's he's really he's been in contention all all, all three majors. So. Yeah, he was really making his uh, his presence felt. He had the his brilliance was there, and his uh, kind of uh, I guess not erratic, but uh, the fiery part of him. He had four birdies and four bogeys in the first nine holes. I think he had one par, and hadn't gained any ground because of those bogeys. But yeah, he right uh, he's right there, and that's so good for the game when he's on the leaderboard. So. U.S. Yeah, Open anytime, results. It, anytime Rory is up there, it's a uh, pretty good thing. Then the women's game, they have a major this week, the KPMG. Uh, last week's tournament, uh, Jennifer Cupcho wins it. Uh, Nellie Corder and uh, 
Leona, uh, Leona McGuire were right there with her, tied after 72 hole or 54 holes, was it? Uh, Lydia Cole, Lexi Thompson, Brooke Henderson, and Jessica Corda all on that uh, first page as they went into Sunday. So uh, as far as wanting your stars at the top of their game heading into a major, the women certainly did last week. Yeah, awfully good leaderboard there. And, uh, you know, like you said, a great finish with the playoff. And uh, it's going to be a great week this week. You know, great venue, Congressional Country Club, for the, uh, the third women's major of the year. Got uh, Greg Gamble coming up from Emily Greens, the guy at Emily Greens. We'll talk to Greg after this. You're listening to Lakes Woods and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes Woods and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Also find us at lakeswoodsandirons.com and now at Podcast One, really wherever you go find your podcast, you can find Lakes Woods and Irons. Uh, that thanks in part to our sponsors, SCR Northern. They're the guys and the gals. With who answer the phones 24-7 with Old Man Winter on the side of their trucks. Maury's Seafood Markets in Baxter and Motley with the finest uh, walleye, smoked fish, herring, and seafood. And by Emily Greens, home of the largest green in the universe. It's all about fun at Emily Greens. And we've got the guy, the man from Emily Greens. <laughs> Greg Gamble's with us today. Greg, how are you, my friend? I'm good, Mac. How about you? We've been having a little trouble. I, Chris and I joke all the time. The guys were trying to get a hold of her just like him. He actually can't be with us right now because he had a little, uh, just a little problem where he needed to stay where he was at at the golf course, which we kind of ran it with, with you a week or two ago. So uh, just the way the golf business is, you guys are about as busy as anybody out there. Yeah, it's been, uh, the pandemic has it been a good thing for golf. Yeah. Um, it's been it's a, it's a good option for people to be able to get some outside activity and uh, enjoy enjoy Mother Nature. Great uh, fun at uh, Emily Green's, and that's kind of what it's all about. Emily Green's voted um, number one best course in Brainerd in 2018 and 2019, and uh, no voting in 2020 due to the pandemic, of course. I think that contest may be going on again now. But a uh, fun golf course and uh, really an affordable option to uh, golf in the Lakes area, Greg. We are one of the most affordable courses in the area, and our, our whole philosophy is to get out there, have some fun, provide a good product. Uh, you know, we're fortunate up here in the Lakes area to have a variety of courses, and even our uh, affordable courses provide great golfing experiences. Yeah, you guys have a nice layout, uh, lots of woods, but yet the fairways are nice and wide, making it kind of a friendly, fun experience. I mean, I'm a little offline you know, pretty regularly, but I could I could maybe find some short grass once in a while. <laughs> once in a while. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. You've got uh, a teaching pro out there who uh, kind of that same philosophy, Greg, uh, golf all about fun. Dan Loken is your PGA pro, and uh, he's available for lessons there at Emily Greens, right? He is. He's, he is. He's been with us for 12 years. And he's been teaching up here, uh, really is a energetic and fun guy, um, makes, makes learning the game easy and way less intimidating. And I think so many people are, have, a, have a stigma that, oh, I don't need lessons or it's not going to do me any good. Well, you know, that's just stigma. It's, it's, it's just not true. All you got to do is work on a few things that you want to work on, you want to improve, and that just increases that 
chance for some great shots or some great holes once in a while. And that's that's what brings us all back. Sure. If you're shooting uh, a 94, 95, whatever the case might be, and uh, you go to somebody like Dan and he can maybe take uh, over time a couple of shots off of nine holes, now you've you know, now you're down uh, trying to shoot under 90 sometimes, just with a few shots. That's all it takes. So good option. And uh, I, I've uh, we were talking a little bit off air, Greg. You know, I, I like those uh, commercials, the way you set them up. And I, I know a lot of people know about the 17th hole, largest green in the uh, universe. And uh, describe that a little bit, the, the shots leading up to it. And uh, I, I'm guessing with a green that large, you could hit a lot of clubs on the green, but you might want to get a little closer to the pen in a, a pin in a perfect world. <laughs> yeah, there, there's two things about that hole. First of all, it is a monster green, but it is a monster hole. It is a 440-yard par 4. Yeah. So pe- people think, you know, oh, I should be able to hit that green when it's, you know, it's over 50 yards wide and 50 yards deep. <laughs> you know, yeah. we should be able to hit that green. But oftentimes, you know, you're hitting hybrids and three woods and five woods to it. It's a tough, it's a tough hole. Sure. But the second part is, um, it is, I like to describe it as a three club green. <laughs> if the yeah. pin's up front, you know, you got to go down a club, pin's in the middle. If you're hitting that seven iron or five iron in that's fine if the pins in in the back you got to go up a club sure so you know it all depends on pin placement and, and where you're where you're hitting it from so for the listeners sake how how long a putt might a person see there say pins in front and you uh, trickle on the uh, uh, your, your pins in back you trickle on the front you could have a, up to a 130 foot putt on that hole <laughs> and you know when you watch on television you see these guys, you know, hitting a putt from way, way off the edge of the green. Yeah. And oftentimes those are just 60 to 70 foot putts. So just imagine a 130 foot putt. Yeah. Oh yeah. P- people go crazy over a 50 footer on tour. So 130, yep. have you got uh, any records out there for the longest one made by chance? You know, I have heard a couple times of over a hundred foot putts in the hole but only twice and i've been up here 21 years yeah <laughs> nice well that's a lot of fun that's just uh, uh something unique to emily greens and uh, another hole we want to talk about that really stands out among all the courses in the in the uh, lakes area is the 11th hole greg the 11th is is a just a signature par three uh it's it's an elevated tee to an elevated green uh, there is some wetland down below that shouldn't come into play. And, of course, I say shouldn't. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's like, you know, every time you're on that tee box and you get a ball up in the air, it's like, is it enough? Is it enough? And uh, if you hit into the just short, you could roll back 20, 30 feet and, and that uh, green surface you just see in the top of the flag. Yeah, that's fun. That's uh, picturesque, and uh, well, a lot of your golf courses that uh, you've got, uh, it's all wooded and uh, everything. Well, of course, this year has been so great for kind of a mix of uh, sunshine and rain, so everything is just lush, which uh, makes the golf course even more beautiful. Yeah, and it was a good thing we've had some good weather over the last month. Needless, I hate even to bring up 
this past winter. You know, it was, long, it was a long and hard winter on us, and it was a long and hard winter on the turf. Yeah, um, yeah. But, boy, we had our latest opening ever this year, but that's all in the rearview mirror. <laughs> right. Now we're going forward, and we got some fun, fun rest of the golf season ahead of us. Now we just got fingers crossed that we kind of stretch out the fall a little bit and kind of uh, make it up, especially for uh, businesses like uh, Emily Greens and all the golf courses that would have liked a little longer, a little earlier start this year. But speaking of uh, fun coming up, you've got some a uh, couple of cool events we want to talk about, Emily Greens events, and one is July 17th. You know, uh, Emily has Emily Day on Saturday the 16th, yeah. which is, which is a fun community uh, festival. If, if you haven't been to Emily, on, it's the third Saturday in July every year. I would, I would put it on your list to come out and check out. Uh, we at the golf course go the next morning with a four-person scramble. We call it our go-low-for-dough scramble. Nice. Uh, and it's four-person, nine-hole scramble. Uh, chance to win a little money and play a little skin game and and uh again uh just a fun fun little nine hole event called the go low for dough yeah good way to wrap up that emily day celebration doesn't take up much of your day on a nine hole scramble so and uh start the day out right with that kind of fun then uh one that That, is a great title anyway the green jacket open is a little bit later in the year it is we always do that the uh saturday after Memorial Weekend, and it's a signature event that we have here. Dan Loken, our PGA pro, he coordinates that. Um, we bring in uh, a bunch of, of golfers from the whole area, and uh, uh, we do have the four green jackets that go to the winning team every year. Uh-huh. Um, may, not, may not get you into the gates of Augusta, the kind of jacket that we have right but it is a it is a memento that uh we get everybody's name on the, each jacket and and it's it's a fun event yeah really the golf course is a lot of fun at emily greens and uh, you can you stretch a few uh, try to stretch it out as far as you can you got some of those fall events that uh, uh hopefully be going this year iron man type stuff but you guys really try to try to stay open greg late into the season if you can we do. We're, we're typically pretty much the last course to, to close. You know, there can be some awful nice days in the very end of October and even into uh, November. You get 55 degrees and sunny, and boy, you know, there's nothing better than being out uh, on the golf course on a day like that. The latest 55-degree and sunny day we had was about oh, 12 or 13 years ago the day before thanksgiving <laughs> i remember that year and, yeah now yeah say that. yep yeah yep and we had people from all over the brainerd lakes area over out here and the crazy thing is of course you only got about eight hours of sunlight so, <laughs> right. so everybody was out in the same five hour window uh, it was a full parking lot that day and and it was a great way to cap off uh, the the up north golfing season. Yeah, oh, that's great. Stretch it out to Thanksgiving, every golfer's dream, I guess, in this part of the country. We talked about the early in the segment, Greg. The uh, really the one of the best values in the Lakes area. Do you want to mention some rates or ways to uh, ways to get a hold of you and play? 
sure, sure. We um, we have senior specials that run Monday through Thursday. Uh, we got midweek specials for people. It all makes it affordable. And our regular rates, even on the weekends, uh, we're about the only course in the area, I think, under under $50 at peak time for 18 holes with a cart. Nice. So, again, we target target uh, uh, a reasonable price point and, and, and a good golf value. Yeah, low rates, Greg. And uh, I was just looking at uh, some information uh, from the club and uh, – uh, I happen to fall into the senior category. I'm sorry to say, I could I could take advantage of that senior special. <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> yeah. you graduated. Yeah. I guess I've made it that far. Yeah, I don't know if it's yeah. a congratulations or not, but I'll take it. Better than not. One of the it, things. <laughs> yeah, other, one of the other things is we do run our junior special seven days a week. Uh, being a family oriented course, we want to see kids get in the game. And uh, I think we it's just a part of our value and ingrown uh, our set of values to uh, to to be friendly for those uh, for the growth of the game. Sure, you bet. And best way to get a hold of you, Greg, for uh, tea times for your for an individual or a group? Uh, give us a call. Two one eight seven six three two one six nine is our uh, phone, and we take tea times throughout the whole season. So if you got a group coming up after Labor Day, give us a call. We can get the, the guys' weekend in. Or if you got a bachelorette party, uh, we can get the girls set up uh, at any point for the rest of the year. All about fun at Emily Green's. We've talked about it before, Greg, and it's really true. So thanks for taking the time out of a busy day today, and uh, really appreciate you coming on with us. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. That's Greg Gamble. He's the guy at Emily Green's. Set up a tea time and have some fun. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fans streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. And also find us at Podcast One and really wherever you're looking for your podcast. That uh, thanks in part to our sponsors, Holiday Stores in Cross Lake and Mill Avenue. Craigan's Legacy Courses, home to the 2022 CRMC Classic and the new Tom Lehman 18, and Dockside Rental, Brainerd Lake's uh, home for surf, wakeboard, pontoon, and jet ski rental. Uh, with uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick's victory and all the talk of club head speed at the uh, U.S. Open this week, we thought we'd uh, get a Expert on club head speed, here is Chris's interview with Dr. Luke Benoit, creator of Ripstick. Well, Luke, you know, you, you've, you've developed a great tool for training speed called the Ripstick, and, and tell us about that. Yeah, the idea was uh, just to create a better mousetrap because I was, um, you know, I've always been interested in coaching junior golfers and creating speed for people, and so I, I um, started selling a lot of super speed sticks which is a great product it's three mm-hmm. sticks and the science goes back to the world of track and now i mean you're seeing it in baseball and lots of other sports too but if you swing something light it teaches your body to go faster so you're automatically going to get more hip speed hand speed everything uh, as long as we stay within about 20 percent of what the regular weight is it doesn't generally screw up your sequence too much uh so you swing lighter and then you swing something heavier which basically provides um, more resistance and it's not exactly weight training but it's more power training and you get stronger from doing that so we find there's some advantages to doing both and so we uh, just jumped on the piggyback of overspeed 
overweight training and created a stick, one stick that you carry versus three, and instantly people were like, duh, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so we, we launched it. It really was a pandemic launch, to be honest. It's, it's when I had a little time where I was shut down where we launched it. And now we have, I think, our players that are using it or um, have one in the bag at some level, uh, 18 major championships, and then uh, over 60 tour players are using it. And that includes thinking three of the top 10 in the world right now. And we've even had like tour guys like order it right off our website because um, they don't really want to, you know, pay an endor- endorsement fee or anything, but they just order it right off our website. These are guys that are top 20 in the world. So we know that the concept is like slowly coming through to the masses. But if you think about like, if your goal is to be really good at golf, well, yes, you got to chip putt, you got to do your range time. But we ask, you know, 15 minutes, three days a week, and you're going to pick up usually 15 to 20 miles per hour in six months, even three months. And once you get used to it, you can maintain that and continue to climb and gain a little more. So in terms of working out, it's probably more productive than working out, although we always recommend working out to stay uh, strong and stable. But the the science is basically, A, get yourself strong, uh, and B, train for speed, and you're going to hit learn to hit, hit it really hard. So those are kind of the the, the foundation of what we do and um, then we kind of customize programs anybody that buys ripstick will give a, a free swing analysis really work towards helping them on their on their journey to hit the ball farther and straighter we don't really want you to hit it a mile on foot. that's never the goal so sure so yeah. look so the 15 minutes three times a week do you um do you suggest doing this at the golf course prior to practicing do you do it at home does it matter and uh, what kind of give me a protocol of using it? Yeah, yeah. You know, we're still trying to identify a little bit about the best timing to use it, but we know you want to be loose first. You got to get your body warm, so a five minute warm up is good. Um, but there's probably some merit to saying you should uh, mix it up and see what you like. Um, but but um, I would generally say like you want to you want to do it early in your workout typically. You could do some sort of explosive power workout first and then get into your ripstick speed training. But generally, I would say don't do it after a round of golf when you're tired. Um, do it on an off day. You can do it at the range. You can do it at home. You've got a shorter version if you want to do some training, uh, you know, in your house. Um, but generally, like, uh, just got to be loose, and the timing doesn't matter that much. So just get after it. And. I know on on your website you have kind of a a protocol of different exercises you do, correct? Yeah, yeah, and and so we kind of have a generic plan for people, and then we also have um, different plans for different swing faults because, as you know, Chris, like when you get somebody with a big swing fault that they've been fighting for a while, they really need to change a motor pattern, and so we have some big exaggeration drills to force the body uh, into better spots to get the club to do what it not wants. So I haven't yet seen a single person like that does our slice protocol that doesn't start hooking it. You know, it's going to, we're going to, we're going to go the opposite direction of whatever you're doing and you're going to develop some speed in the right direction. Um, because the body will tend to go to the weakest link or the, the swing's going to develop around the weakest link, you know? So you've got to fight that tendency pretty hard for a while. Uh, and then you can go through it, but our, our protocols last a month. You're doing every workout about, you know, 12 times or something like that. Uh, And then you move on to uh, another protocol. It's a little more challenging. And, um, and again, we'll do some custom work with you guys too, if you want to, if anybody wants some custom work. We have a lot of long drivers. I would say right now we've got at least three of the top six or seven long drive people in the world we're working with. 
um, that are, you know, it, it's honestly, it's bi-directional. Like we're, we're getting, giving them some information, but we're getting better at training uh, by learning from them as well uh, about how they train and what they do. Um, yeah. That includes working out and everything, you know, diet, everything. That, that, that's a whole nif- different uh, genre in itself is the, the way the long drive guys cha- train. But, it is. It's not the same sport, is it? No. You know, look, you, you mentioned um, uh, how, you know, your, your slice protocol. And about seven, eight, nine years ago, one winter, we did, we did a bunch of testing with the rip stick. I mean, with the, uh, with the speed sticks. And, um, you know, we, we had several of our juniors, including my son, Joe, who, you know, well, who yeah. picked, picked up anywhere from 10 to 15 miles an hour of club head speed over the winter, which I'd never experienced anything like that, you know, and, yeah. you know, and at, you know, when you, one mile an hour club head speed is worth about two to two and a half yards on the driver. Right. So the the thing I noticed that was the benefit, as much as the speed was, um, most of the players we tested, if they did it on a regular basis, the shape of their swing became much more of an on-plane type of motion. And they didn't have nearly as many angles in their swing because of the way they were swinging the speed sticks and it, it, it forces you know you're swinging it up above the ground um you're swinging more rounded and it really it enhanced their golf swings as well and like you were saying it it eliminated a lot of fades and slices uh can you speak to that yeah i mean the club having a momentum at the target uh, it's just easier to keep it on plane when you're actually swinging a little bit harder, you know, so it's it's crazy how efficiency actually comes now The trend we see is the harder you swing the more you need to close the face So, you know often people do the routine and they might hit a little right But if you work a little bit with a golf pro or you know how to get the club face closed with a stronger grip or some flexion of the wrist like You're gonna be able to hit the ball probably straighter and that's what the stats indicate on two are the people that hit it longer are actually straighter by percentage they might not hit as many fairways because they're missing by 3%. not in the fairway. But, yeah, speed is generally going to produce pretty good accuracy, too. And yeah. you work with your coach to monitor that, for sure. Right. Do, do, do you think, Luke, that some people are just naturally gifted with speed? You know, like so, some people naturally run faster than others. Oh, yeah. And... I mean, there's no doubt about it. Some people are taller, some people are shorter, some people are just you know, tend to be faster. I mean, yeah. if you have West African genes, you're probably going to be a little faster. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah, there's something to it. But, you know, do you using your protocol, do you feel like anybody can pick up speed? Yeah, I mean, I haven't had um, anybody that's really honestly done that training for six weeks for the first time mm-hmm. and hasn't picked up at least 10 yards. Not a single person's come to me and say, hey, that didn't work. So I know it works. There is um, diminishing marginal utility to it, right? If you do it for four years, I can't guarantee you're going to pick up another, you know, 50 to 100 yards, right? Right. Yeah, you will continue to gain speed, and then at a certain point, it's just very marginal gains. But it's really, really awesome once you get about six weeks in. You'll notice it. Yeah, I, I, I've seen the same thing with uh, with the rip stick with my students as well as speed sticks. and um, But the, 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 the beauty of the rip stick, like you said, you've got one club or one one tool that with interchangeable weights and uh 
it's a great product. So I appreciate it. Luke, where uh, if if somebody wants to to learn more about the ripstick and purchase one, where where can they do that? Yeah, just head to our website, ripstick.com, and um, again, you can send us a video of your swing. We're always happy to do a quick swing eval and say we kind of look at where can you add power, where could you maybe look at accuracy too, and, and then um, you know it's free of charge. And and Luke, that's that's spelled R R Y P, right? Yes, R Y P. Yeah, good point. Ripstick with a Y. Awesome. Well, Luke, I really appreciate you coming on the show and uh, and sharing your knowledge. And thank you, Luke. That was Dr. Luke Benoit, inventor of the Ripstick and uh, director of instruction at Interlocking Country Club in Edina, Minnesota. Welcome back to Lakes Woods and Irons with Chris Foley, thirteen eighty KLIZ, the fan. Streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. Also find us at Podcast One. Thanks in part to our sponsors, Craigan's Legacy Courses, home to the 2022 CRMC Classic and the new Tom Lehman 18. Gravel Pit Golf, Brainerd's newest golf experience. And Dockside Rental, Brainerd's go-to for surf, wakeboard, pontoon, and jet ski rentals. Colin McDonald with you along with Chris Foley. Chris, uh, we want to talk about uh, the next major, U.S. Open, of course. Well, this weekend, the, L- the uh, LPGA has a major. And uh, right around the corner, they the way they've lined it up now is kind of fun, really, when they have one a month. But the British Open is right around the corner, and uh, uh, you're headed over across the pond, as they say. I am. I'm uh, heading over uh, Sunday the 10th for the week. And, uh, boy, it's, it's I, I just... Couldn't be more excited. It's the 150th playing of the Open Championship uh, at St. Andrews. I have not been to the Open Championship before, so I'm just, uh, boy, I just can't wait to get over there and experience it. And you're one of your favorite uh, spots in the world, St. Andrews. We've had uh, you on uh, from uh, across, across the pond from St. Andrews a number of times over the years. So it's familiar. You've got some good friends there. And now you've got the British Open there, which is just outstanding. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a it's going to be an incredible experience. The RNA, the Royal and Ancient, just weighed in uh, this week that uh, LIV players who are qualified for the uh, Open will be allowed to play at St Andrews. They're very straightforward about openness being uh, kind of the uh, the uh, standard for St Andrews for since 1860. So they want the best players in the world there, Chris. Yeah, I, I I would have thought that they would have taken the lead of the USGA, and uh, if players are already qualified to play, they're going to continue to allow them to play this year. Uh, it will be very interesting to see going forward what happens, and the whole uh, it, it's going to be it's a turbulent time in the world of professional golf, like we've talked. And um, it's going to be interesting to see what the uh, what the major championships do going forward. You know, it, uh, it, there, it's yet to be seen whether the the LIV events give world ranking points. If if there aren't any world ranking points, some of those some of those guys that are you know currently qualified or you know have exemptions from uh, their current classification on the world ranking points, they'll probably they'll pretty quickly fall off. Uh, and then they'll, they'll have to use, you know, like the open championship. You can go through open, open qualifying at, at uh, they have some sites on the PGA tour, which obviously they wouldn't be eligible for, but they could go to, 
uh, the UK and try to qualify. And then, you know, same thing with the U.S. Open. The, the, the you know most of the players have to go through qualifying anyway, so that that would be an opportunity. It'll be interesting to see what the Masters does, and it will be interesting to see what the the PGA Championship done, which is run by the PGA of America. Yeah, exactly. And they they do have uh, some exemptions for players who want it. They get, I think, a five year exemption when you win a major at at the other three majors. Or I don't know if that's the exact rule, but it's pretty close. I think. I think it'll be quite interesting to see what kind of following with six events coming up in the United States for the LIV Tour, what kind of fan support is going to happen and TV support and those yeah. kind of things. Where is that going to come from? Yeah, it's um, gosh, it, I. At least in in our lifetimes, Mac, there's never been controversy like this in the game of golf, and uh, we're really we're really kind of at a crossroads of what's going on in the game and how uh, both how the players are going to support it, how fans are going to support it, uh, and then you know all the world tours. What what are they gonna what are they gonna do? Right. And legally, it just seems, I don't know, it seems harder and harder to see if the PGA is going to have a leg to stand on as far as uh, banning players and that kind of thing as, as it gets down the road. <clears throat> we'll see, I guess. But yeah. the most similar thing, I think, is some of our listeners will remember uh, a while back and or at least seen the history of it, the AFL and the NFL in the 1960s were uh, at first quite similar. I, I Maybe the uh, if you think of the NFL as the PGA back then, Kind of, oh, there's a new tour coming along. Look at those little guys, you know. And, and then it got a little bit more equal and then a little bit more equal. And then the AFL signed Joe Namath in 1965 out of uh, Alabama, number one pick in the NFL draft. Went to the AFL, took their, took their paycheck of what the time I think was $400,000, which I... I don't know if any of these guys would do anything for four hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> but uh, at the time it was huge money, and uh, it was a real rivalry and a lot of bad feelings between the AFL and the NFL till they settled things out. And the good news was, and I think with this situation too, is when it all washed out, it became even more of the most popular sport, at, uh, certainly going forward. Yeah. So, hopefully, golf will be better for all the turbulence, as you were saying. Yeah, I, I hope I hope that happens. It's uh, you know I I don't think anybody's opposed to the competition from the different tours. I think it's uh, it's more the the approach of uh, of LIV and and where the money is coming from. Right. So it it's fascinating, and it really it gets it gets so far away from the golf is it's such a game of tradition and protocol and history and um you know they're creating new history i guess but it's just it's pretty far removed from how how we're used to playing the game so yeah the gentleman's uh, game kind of thing certainly and uh, like you're saying where the money's coming from but, but then it gets pretty close to splitting hairs there you know the pga has Although they're being kind of quiet about it right now, but they've been trying to advance the game into China for about 20 years, and uh, China yeah. doesn't have the best uh, <laughs> the best record of how they treat everybody over the over the course of their history no. either. So, no, not at all. And I I, th- I think the biggest difference is in China the the money isn't coming from the government. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, but in you know Saudi the the money is coming directly from from the Saudi government and, 
you know, really trying to, you know, and maybe there aren't their intents are good and uh, you know create a new vision of Saudi Arabia. Um, that will be yet to be seen. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the PGA could turn it around and blame the high gas taxes on the golf tour. That, that, that then, <laughs> then they get some support from all the Americans and everybody in the world. I know. <laughs> well, that's a lot, of, a lot of truth in that statement, man. <laughs> Anything we should be working on, Chris? We're kind of getting right in the meat of the golf season now as July approaches. Everybody got a late start. Uh, you couldn't be in on the Emily Green's conversation, but uh, uh, just kind of hard to make up that first uh, four weeks, but not only for the courses, but for the golfers, too. Uh, tough to get those four weeks back. You only have a certain number of swings yeah. in a year in this part of the country. Right. Unfortunately, we're not going to get them back, but, uh, boy, we've got some great golf ahead of us, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, the, the, I think the biggest thing, um, if you want to play better golf, is, you know, everybody's got just a limited amount of practice time, and most people play a lot more than they practice. So when you're, when you're playing, you're really – playing better golf is all about, you know, depending on what your level is, either bogey avoidance or double bogey avoidance or triple bogey avoidance. It's not that you have to make that many more pars and birdies. It's eliminating, uh, you know, eliminating those big numbers. And if if you can do that, um, you're going to play a lot better golf. You know, if you can hit a few more greens, eliminate hitting in the penalty areas and taking, taking, you know, penalty strokes. And then if you get all those shots from a, from 40 yards around the green on the green, you're going to play pretty good. Yeah. I was joking with Dave Sedlowski last week, and uh, <clears throat> they're doing some retooling there. Had some uh, a lot of cool work done. But uh, I said, uh, I got some suggestions on a couple of holes you could retool out there. <laughs> there you go. I like it. The ones where I was making uh, sevens and eights and that that, kind of, that's those right. kind of numbers. <laughs> that's right. All right, Chris, I'll let you get back to it. Busy week at uh, Craigens. Anything coming up for uh, Chris Foley Golf? You know, we, we're just uh, kind of plugging away. All our, all our junior programs are in full force. We've got our uh, open championship trip in a couple weeks, and uh, otherwise just a lot of uh, a lot of time on the lesson tee with, uh, with all our friends from around the area. You bet. That's Chris Foley. I'm Colin McDonald. You've been listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ.